0: Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. Welcome into the first ever live edition of Maddie and the Caddy here at the IMG House in Augusta. We are seeing the caddies' commission at work with the nice house, (laughs) the open bar, and the food. Uh, Special guest for us tonight, but first, before we get in, in the patty over there is playing golf over there in the, in the live simulator. Uh-huh. Uh, let's get into Masters Week as we sit here Wednesday night at the IMG House, Chamber of Commerce weather. What's been your favorite part of your Masters Week to this point?
1: Uh, Actually, right now is because we are sitting outside by a pool. That's right. And there's not a cloud in the sky, and it's perfect temperature, and we're actually doing this with drinks in front of us.
0: What's, gonna, what's it going to take for you to – Cannonball In the pool You ain't got that kind of cash And he didn't leave his wallet up here He didn't So Yeah nah Okay so no I'm a, no cannonball out of you. I didn't say we couldn't gamble on it, though. We can. There's a, there's a lot of stuff to do tonight. Yeah. and What we, we was to just po-
1: to the pin in the simulator that's over there.
0: Agent of the Stars Jim Ornstein had it for a minute at 5.91. Yes. And then Braden Thordberry, paid professional
1: golfer. Who's actually going to be on with us a little bit later. You got a three-point. Three Brayden, what'd you get?
0: 3.92. 3.92? 3.29. 3.29. Our fault. There you go. 3.29. We nine. shorted you point six. So that's what we've got coming tonight. And we've Your got adding uh, ability I, I, is why you're not a caddy. What's that?
1: Your adding subtracting is why you ain't a caddy. Your
0: club selection is why you're still not a caddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean the pitch away. So let's bring up our first guest tonight. I think he's over there hanging out in the golf simulator. Three time major champion, Padraig Harrington. Also the captain do it <laughs> the twenty twenty captain of the European Ryder Cup team. Everybody give a round of applause for Paddy Harrington. Got enough to join us tonight. At the IMG house here on Maddie and the Caddy. He, he was about to dive in the pool. Then he thought better of it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Throw the phone before. Good seeing you. Sit down, seeing man. What's happening, buddy? See? Look, I'm not the only person with two phones. Let's yeah. break that down. Now that he's Ryder Cup captain... He's got – see, here's a phone that he can have all his friends holler at him, and here's one the European tour needs to know, and they don't need to know about all your friends. Am I right? How would you know about this? Because your boy got the same thing right here. (laughs) See, look, Disney can have all of this information. Disney – Mickey Mouse don't need to know all my friends. I'm getting
0: hacked here. Somebody's going to look at (laughs) me. First first rule of having two phones, never let people see that you have two phones. Is it? One's got to be a bat phone. Oh, God. We're in trouble. I think, yeah. Yeah, oh, where well, yeah. you don't know that you have a second phone.
2: Okay. I see you've only yeah,
1: got I the Yeah, I got one. the one.
0: I've got the one. Well, got now, the that other he's, side. now that he said that, we only know of that one. That's right. It could be a flip phone. I bought it. at Circle K. And you'll never see it. It could be prepaid. <laughs> hey, happy Masters Week. Appreciate <laughs> you joining us tonight. For, for those that love this event, eighty third edition of the Masters Tournament, what is your favorite part of Masters Week? Wow.
2: I'm getting deep here. I, I look... <laughs> I think the fact that the players come back every year, we know the golf course, we've seen it on TV, like I, whenever I play, I'm not playing this year, but whenever I play, I'm literally carrying baggage from the 80s of players I watched. I I can, you know, Seve hitting in the water on 15, things like that, you get in 15, you're thinking about that, whereas you go to another major, it's kind of a new and fresh golf, even if you... Once in the past You've kind of forgotten it Now with the, with the Masters We go back every year We remember good shots We remember bad shots They've got the ultimate control over us Yeah So if if, if They decide this week Augusta decides this week That we're going to shoot Or the players I, I don't, Sorry about the we <laughs> No that's good still one. You're yeah. still in that mode That's uh, cool If they decide that the players Are going to shoot 8 over par For this week They could do it And if they want to, sh- to Shoot 20 under par, They could do it They know If they move a pin position from one position three feet further right they know how that affects the total strokes gained on that hole wow. they know if they move the tee up eight yards 12 yards or bring it back how much it affects the hole because they have the data over the years they've ma- measured it over years so they have the ultimate control and what that means i don't know my audience here what that means it's is fresh audience. you don't get a situation where there's a somebody running a major and they force themselves on the golf course and end up all the pros are disappointed because the course has become too tricky. Yeah, Augusta knows what they can push and what they can't push to keep the players happy, whereas some of the other organizations try and push us to shoot level par. This, and the the SGA. Are, well, Th- the players are too good to shoot level par. That's Correct. right.
1: Yes. This is what I was going to ask. How, why is it that Augusta
2: can get it right and some other organizations get it wrong? Because they know their golf course that's why we're here every year it's the same course they know exactly what each little change if they push a tee up they know what it does other golf courses they're only going there once every 10 years and if you're not a local you don't know well when the wind blows from here this green can't you can't use this pin position that's what locals know and here at the masters they're locals they know they know their stuff the open the rna used to you know back in 1999 they had that problem at the carnoustie where they mm -hmm. they they forced the golf course and they learned their lesson. They said, you know what? If we push ourselves on this golf course and we get it wrong, the players are going to be up in arms. Now, the players are a little bit soft. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. We, we want everything to be nice and perfect. <laughs> we're professional golfers. But the R&A now go, look, we're going a great golf course. If the weather lets you shoot 20 under par, well, fair play. But if the weather lets you shoot four over par... So be it. We're not gonna, we're not gonna push it as much. We're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna control it as much. We're going, we're genuinely going to let nature take its course. So
0: nature in fact dictates how hard the course is relative to a governing body that may or may not want to make it, it a clown course. It,
2: it, when they're going to a situation, when you're going to a different course every, every year, yeah. it's hard to know everything about it. Here at Augusta, they know, they have everything measured. So they know exactly what shot affects what in what wind how everything plays and it's phenomenal the detail they've gone into but it gives them the ultimate ability to test us but keep it fair but if Augusta National wanted to I know i just got to say here guys okay come on this is exceptionally ballsy here in front of me yeah he's that's get, our that's our, our own agent. that's our agent he's our getting own his agent. wedge out to hit a chip shot in front of us
1: right and do you see the practice yeah, swing yeah. Which is exactly so next, why you're nervous, and now we're now, all yeah. nervous, too. Now and now he's switching away. clubs. He's
2: switching clubs. Yeah. Luckily, a shank goes to the yeah. right. I d- don't fall in. Watch. He's going to no, hit No, actually, falling in it would be he's hilarious. Gonna, he's definitely going to hit six inches behind this ball, which is okay <laughs> off a of mat. Sure. And don't let go of the Look, club. Can he take a divot yeah. out of concrete?
0: There you go. He overclubs. It was behind. But he, I, I,
2: <laughs> he's happy, though. It went airborne.
0: I do love. You're right. I love the set of titleists that he had to go up. In front of a live audience and just do that in front of everybody. And what's really impressive about that, he did it once
2: and he didn't try and do it again. That's it. He knew that's his limitations. It, yeah, that's clever. Unlike
1: Andy, pro golfers, when they get in a simulator and see what the closest to the pin is, once y'all start going at it, you can't quit until you get the record.
0: Andy's drinking yeah. a water.
2: <laughs> that's true. You know, most of us are pretty obsessed about golf, so if we... You know, if, if, if somebody's hit it past me in the seminar, I'm going to outdrive them. If somebody's hit it closer, I'm going to hit it closer. Is that because you're the youngest of five? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure if the youngest of five is always like that, but the fact that I'm here and I've done what I've done in golf kind of says you're competitive. That's just the way it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and did, you had to get to that point, right? You had to fight for your scraps.
2: Yeah, well, if I wasn't competitive, I wouldn't be here. You wouldn't? That's, you know, so... By, if you take a cross-sample of professional golfers, they're pretty much all going to be competitive,
0: even the nice ones. What's the craziest thing you've done on a range or practicing to try to find your swing again? Okay. Oh, Did you just say that? How about that?
2: you just you say you find my swing again? If
0: just for a day, crazy, it, it was on, as like on hiatus. Uh, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> if your swing was on hiatus for an hour, <laughs> for, five, for one swing... What's the crazy? What's the what's the most unorthodox thing you've done to be like you know what I've I've got to do this to get it? Well, if
2: you can imagine, I've done a few unorthodox things on the drive driving range at tournaments. Yeah, could you imagine what I've done behind closed doors? <laughs> right at home. <laughs> that's what I'm saying.
1: Have you ever? Let me ask you this: Have you ever done something at home that someone's come up to you on the drive range and go,
2: "You need to sit down and talk"? Is it, oh no no talk? I I have a like a full swing golf simulator in my house. So, so it's no private. It's private. It's in there. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows what goes on in that room. Uh, and I've tried pretty much everything, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's my nature. I, I've always... Uh, the strange thing is I've always had a good short game, yep. being quite competitive. I've always felt I needed to get better at the long game. Yep. You know, that's my my crutch to bear. I didn't have a practice ground as a kid. Mm-hmm. So I never got to practice as a kid by chipping and putting. So, you know, when I got to... 18 years of age and I started playing, I saw practice grounds and like the attraction of it, you know, and, and I like to practice. I'd like to feel like I want to get my golf swing better. But I sometimes get pigeon pigeonholed into the fact I've never gone on the golf course with a swing thought.
0: Never? Really? Not once. No.
2: no, I don't play with swing thoughts. So I only practice, you see me doing a drill so that I don't have to consciously think about what I'm doing. So if if... if if I wanted to take the club back, say a little bit more on the inside. Sure. I'd put something to block me taking it straight back. So I might put a head cover or something. So I don't have to think of taking it back on the inside. I see that there and subconsciously you're going to pull it on the inside. Sure. So just simple things like that. So I use drills to stop myself having to get into the right brain. Look, or in the end of the day, sorry, get into the, I want to get out of the left brain, get into the right brain. So you just, Nobody at a major tournament should ever be working on their golf swing.
0: True, to, That's no. very true. If you're yeah. still working on it, you're, you're, yeah. you're
2: done. Especially, look, my rule is you don't work on your golf swing if you still got a chance of winning the tournament. So if, if I've blown out by Friday, yeah, I'll spend four hours on the range working on my golf swing and working on it technically. Mm-hmm. But if I still think I've got a chance of winning... I might go and hit a few shots, but I'm more focused on playing shots, you know, wh- you know, whatever. If I'm hitting a few too many draws, hey, I'll go to the range and try and hit all fades that afternoon.
1: So you mentally,
2: you just see a picture and don't have a swing
1: thought. But the fact that you said not working on your golf swing when you're in contention, I'd love to know your thoughts then on when Ian Woosnam had an extra driver. In his bag at the open gym. Like, look at the look on your face. Right now, this is super. It's a shame that only the
2: audience can see the look on your face. And the people listening can. I, and you know the funny thing? I feel for the caddy, Matt. I know, know Matthew Byrne. And, yeah, I feel for him. It was Matthew, wasn't it? Or was it Miles? Miles. 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 Sorry, it was Miles. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, gee, but now I've, I've hung Matthew. Right? That would be a Yeah. I feel for Miles. I know the Byrne family. They're local caddies. They come from where we are. So, look. These things happen. Mm. The, you, you know, it's not as... It's not as... It obviously was a big deal, but it's happened plenty of times in golf. It's not as random it's, it, as, as you think. Yeah. It's something... Yeah, you have to be careful of. He was practicing with a driver, and ultimately, the reason it happened was Ian got his tee time wrong. So he... Most of us go to the range, say, an hour before, so whatever time he went before, he then goes to the put green maybe... 20 minutes before he goes to the tee when he got to the putting green he's got two drivers in which is fine 20 minutes plenty of time and then they realised they got the tee time wrong by 8 minutes so now instead of having 20 minutes to get ready they've got 12 or 8 or something short and of course they Well, not. Ian didn't have to panic but obviously Miles (laughs) got stressed and rushed and forgot he had to take the clubs away because they had a short period of time so it was a mix up in the tee times and they started on a par 3 yeah, that probably didn't help either. There's a, <laughs> the, you know, there's a lot of things that pile up to cause a situation like that. But, right. you know, whenever we see a, 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 a disaster, whenever you look at it, yeah, they'll go back and say, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. And that caused that to happen. And, and, and that happened. And that was the case with that extra club. There was three or four things that, that com- compounded <laughs> to lead to that uh, yeah, <laughs> what we would say a disaster. You, you said something poor, interesting. Four miles doesn't caddy anymore. Right. But, you know, wow. You, know, you think Ian lost a major, the other guy lost a living. Yeah.
0: Just from one yeah. short-sighted mistake. Who's Eight going? minutes. Who's, Eight minutes changed everything. Uh, if he
2: turned up, at, you know, he could be the best caddy in the world, and he's coming down the stretch with his player, and what are the commentators going to talk about?
0: That, the yeah. mistake, the two oh, driver mistake. Yeah. Yeah. You had said something interesting a second ago. You said that, you know, when I'm not, when a player's not in contention, perhaps you work on your swing a little more. If you're in a pairing at the end of a tournament, doesn't have to be a major championship, and you guys are just out of it, you're not gonna win. What actually goes on between a pairing in a tournament in a final round when you guys are not gonna win it?
2: I, I'm seriously competitive on the golf course so uh, I would fight hard to finish 59th instead of 60th. that's that's I've never been on a golf course where I have not tried in the golf shot so even if I even if I've done hours working on my swing when I go back in the golf course I ain't working on it, I'm working on my scoring mm-hmm. on the golf course we get so few opportunities to practice our scoring I always treat every round even when I'm out of contention as an opportunity to get my head in the game to get my scoring going so yeah I'm not I never give up I, I, and I can't abide Look, if, if I'm playing I can't abide by somebody who does give up they're, sure. they're lazy and petulant if they give up I don't care they're playing for big money they're playing for world rankings even at 60th in an event it's you're a professional golfer you try hard mm. and by all means, walk off the golf course, and if you're not having a good week, go party that week. I have no problem with that. <laughs> but when you're on the golf course, you do your job.
0: So do you with the guy that you're paired with? If you guys are, is there any side action going nah, on? Is what I'm getting at. Nah, no, no match play. No, like, hey, you know nah. what? We're some shots behind. I think we're more. Let's rela- get a no. little loose. I think
2: there's a bit. We're a bit more relaxed, and we chat and we talk and we, we you know, yeah, you joke in between shots. There isn't any tension, as much as you're trying. There's yeah. none of that uh tension there so it is more relaxed it is more fun and that's why you see guys who go out early on a sunday they could have played average for the week and all of a sudden they're shooting 65 on sunday because Mm. they're relaxed yeah they make that run yeah well they just
3: yeah it's it's, it's a lot
2: easier when there's no stress so and that but the important thing about that 65 on sunday and this is why you have got to try on sunday if you shoot 65 on sunday yes the conditions are easy yes there's no pressure no stress But you feel good about it, and that could lead you into winning the next tournament. That's right. So it's it's momentum. I want to talk about some fun stuff. When you were talking about stuff
1: going wrong on the golf course, but now you can maybe look back and laugh at it and stuff. What is the biggest? Me? Laugh at stuff going wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what's something that happened to you on
2: the golf course that you can look back and laugh at now? Over The one thing you realize with golf, crazy things happen. Yes. So I'm trying to pull something out of here that's like I could go and give you some serious stories about things that happen. But probably the craziest thing that ever happened to me on a golf course, and the cameras were there, but I've never seen it on TV because I was a, a young European came across. I think it was my first uh, TPC Sawgrass Players Championship. I've hit it right on 18 into the, into one of the grass bunkers uh, on the on the Friday. I think I need to make five to make the cut. The camera is there, but I'm I'm a nobody at that. Stage. It's 2000. Well, it's 2002, 2003. Right. So I've got to play this like splash shot out of, out a of, out of heavy rough, and it really was heavy. In the tournament, Friday afternoon, so two second round in the tournament to make the cut. No, I, I get down to three to make the okay. cut, but it's a mm. front left pin, and you can chip it in the water. So drama for me, drama everything. Three golf balls came out in the one shot. In the tournament, wait. Three golf balls. Three? I hit two on the green and another I hit a bit. There was two balls underneath my ball. And all in three? In the tournament. Two of them went on the green, including my ball, and the other one went about a foot. That's how, that's how deep the rough was. Jeez. Three golf balls came out in the tournament Friday afternoon. And it's never, ever. It was, the camera was there. Had, obviously, the guy working the camera and the, the, the producer, he had no idea what happened. When did you realize which ball was yours, and what was your initial oh, there, reaction there, there, when a, a, there's, three there's, balls flew out? There's a serious panic what went on. <laughs> Nick, know, what did it feel like? Well, that's the problem. You know it's different. You think, first of all, you might think you've hit a rock or a root. <laughs> right. Then you see two golf balls go up in the air, <laughs> and then you look down, and there's another ball, like, on about a foot, and you're going, what? And then you start going, which is mine? <laughs> and I obviously made contact I assume I made contact with my own ball pretty decent because it it did what it was supposed to. But I got two of them on the green. What? No penalty.
0: I was going to ask, but no the it
2: was. Why? I, oh. I played
0: my ball. I didn't hit. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And what it did what it was the aftermath of it after the round? Did they talk to you about it? No, nobody knew.
2: I was. You know, you, I'm going to keep that
0: you. you got to find that. This is the problem with we're well, not the problem with
2: golf, but you know, in the end of the day. The producer, and the, even if they have the cameras there, which they did, and I could see he was operating and yeah. working, the producer's only covering names. The, bi- the big names. names. Right? The, uh, he doesn't, he didn't, and he wouldn't have known what went on. Like, we, we have a situation in, you're talking about crazy things in, in golf, we have a situation which we lo- would have loved to have seen, uh, in South Africa, Gary Murphy, Irish Pro, is playing, might have been the Joburg Open, I think he's playing, mm. and he's walking, uh, He's walking up onto the green, and he's playing, hopefully I've not got the name wrong, but I think he's playing with Titch Moore, South African player who's built, like seriously built. (laughs) So Titch has, I think, hit a very average wedge into the green, and he's walked up, he's marked his ball, picked it up, and he's thrown it to his caddy, who's 40 yards away. So he's given it an underarm baseball throw. Right. As good as any baseball because so you can imagine. Mm. And Gary Murphy has walked into it, hit him in the temple, and knocked him out <laughs> on the green. <laughs> knocked him out on the green. Have you ever heard that story no, reported? No. No.
3: Like, and come on. No cameras Knock, there. Knocked him out, hit yeah, him in the temple. I mean, him just laying there Laying asleep. out
2: flat. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm told. Flat out. Absolutely asleep. Outpost. <laughs> Strange things happen on the golf course. You guys never get to hear about it like the being, Good stuff. Yeah. But you know what? Probably in 10 years' time, we'll probably have, you know, the internet following us out there. we would just have yeah, just wide cameras and everywhere. There'll be cameras
1: and for every shot, for every player, for every hole at some point. At some point. Yeah, God, that wouldn't, wouldn't that be intrusive? What's now, you, co- were saying, you were saying young player
0: when
2: you started out. What's the worst butchering of your name that you've
1: ever heard?
0: Yeah, that's a good one.
2: I, you know, it happened when I was an amateur. Uh, I was playing the home internationals to Great Britain and Ireland, so it's England, Scotland, Wales, and Ireland play a match. Uh, and another mother of, of one of the teammates came up to my mum and said three, four times, "Are you Padre's mother?" Padre's Padre Padre, as in like as in the priest Padre. <laughs> and uh, my mother denied it. She didn't realise like then that it was you. Didn't realise it was me. That's like denied, denied her three, four times. because you imagine? I, I can you imagine that poor woman going away and saying, "God, Mrs. Harrington is so stuck up. <laughs> she doesn't even like her own yeah. son.
1: She's that <laughs> <disappointed>. denied <him. laughs> She's so disappointed in her own kids yeah. She denied
0: him." Yeah. Yeah. So you grow up <laughs> playing golf over in Europe. What was your first impression of when you came and played golf over in the United States?
2: Oh, I I, did, I qualified very quickly. I got a good start in Europe, so I qualified quickly for the US Open, US PGA in 1996. And uh, I came and played congressional and winged foot. And we, we talked about this. Back in those days, they really put a lot on these golf courses. Yep. Mm. So essentially, they were the two toughest golf courses I ever played. And I just, I couldn't handle it. It was just, Way over my head, difficult. Uh, like, I, I struggled, I shot 76s, probably first two rounds, missed a cut, and, and literally that was, yeah the toughest I'd ever seen. The following year I came back and played uh, Olympic Club, and I played the best golf I could in the US Open to finish 27th. So, I couldn't physically have done any better, I got up and down everywhere, I hold every put, and that was the catalyst for me to say, look, if this is my best at this moment, mm-hmm. 27 in the u.s open i've got to go and change things so i start working after that with uh, bob torrance and change my swing for uh, the first of many times and uh,
3: yeah
0: this is where i am now what's that process like Cause we hear about it all the time i think tiger is the most notorious swing changer of the last 15 20 years what's the swing change process like for someone who's a professional
2: Notorious. Are these words you're using, yeah. I'm trying to trying to figure out what did it is.
1: <laughs> you know I don't use I, those words. I think
2: right? I, I was put in a category of of three pros, I think, uh, Faldo and somebody. Uh, these are good categories, so I'm, I'm happy to be in here. Yeah. Faldo, myself, and Tiger, that we changed our golf swings, right? A lot of players say they changed their golf swings, but they never changed the look of their golf swing. Okay. Right. So, my swing changed, Tiger's changed, and Nick's changed. Another guy will come back and say, I've worked six months on changing my swing. And you go, but it looks <laughs> the same. It looks the- So I did change it physically. And Bob Torrance was one of the best coaches in the game. You know, A genius and a beautiful man to, to be around. So entertaining. Uh, had many great years with him. And, yeah, just change it. But the great thing about that, I went to a swing coach which was okay for me to go to a swing coach because I had a short game. Right. Whereas some guys go to a swing coach, and if they don't have the short game, they're mm. going to be in a lot of trouble because mm. it doesn't matter how good your swing gets, you got to spend time in your short game, whereas I, alri- I already had that end, end of the game.
1: How did you know in making that swing change then when it set in? That going from 27th at Olympic Club, okay, you know what? Now I am good enough to win a major.
2: Uh, and what's that feeling like I'll, when you're in the contention? Okay, it took a year and a half for it to bed in. I think I won. I finished second second at the end at 99 to get into the Ryder Cup uh, in August. And that was okay. Things have worked out. There was a down period in the 98 and through 99. 99, okay, I'm back in play. And I'm good, I'm, you know, I'm doing nicely, I'm playing nicely, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not contending for majors. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm up there, I finish in fifth alright and things like that, but sneaky fifths, you know. But Muirfield in 2002 for the Open, I've, to par the last to get into a playoff. I bogeyed it, I didn't realise Ernie was ahead and, and I yeah. pushed, I, I, I just misjudged it, I was mm-hmm. naive. But the strange thing about that week, it was the first time I've ever competed in a golf tournament where I played tee to green better than I put it. Wow. So normally really? any performance of me would be scattered tea to green and great short game week. I actually had a terrible short game week and a great tea to green week. So that was nirvana for me, but I didn't know why. I hadn't got a clue why that happened. I knew it was nirvana, <laughs> uh, tee to green. Right, think, right, I just right. didn't know. So 2006... Is when that changed. I in 2006 at uh, Wingfoot, that famous Wingfoot, where uh, Phil the and Phil Monty and Ogilvy, threw it away. Yeah, yeah. I had three pars to win, playing the best golf of my life. Nobody knows that. I I had three pars to win by a shot. Oh my! Playing my best, I hadn't missed the green, hadn't hold the putt all day, so very similar to Muirfield. Yep. Yeah. And I missed the 16th green. And I was so, I hadn't missed a green all day. I had a simple chip and run, and I chipped it to 20 feet. Because, you know, normally I'd have had six chip and putts at that stage. So, you know, (laughs) what's a seven? But when you've had none for 15 holes. And now it's it's Sunday, 16th hole, the U.S. Open. I just, I was out of my car. You know, I can see why great ball strikers struggle with their short game. When, you, they're,
1: when they're striking it well.
2: Yeah, because you just don't get any competitive practice. I would none that day, but the, I compounded it. This is where I learned how to win me. I've made a bogey, and I panicked. I've, like, I hit a great drive down 16, missed the green bogey, hit a great drive down 17, back right pin, I went at the pin, and it was like a like the tabletop back there, 20 feet past the hole, but over the back of the green. Mm-hmm. Played a good shot down to 2.5 feet and missed it. So trying to make birdie and make bogey again come down 18 and I did hit the fairway in 18 9 iron into the green hit it to 20 feet and 3 put it oh. so I had a, a put an 18 to get into the playoff yeah. now I was a group ahead of Ogilvy so yep. I wasn't didn't aware of this right. but, but if 2000 and, if that performance happened in 2008 or 9 I would have played those last 3 holes or last 2 holes different than I did because I that's why I was able to win and and as much as I haven't played it's amazing since 2009 well two okay 2009 was my best year statistically mm-hmm. best year in the FedEx Cup 2010 I played very well after 2011 I started to put badly but the interesting thing from 2011 on I've gotten every time I've gotten contention I basically won <laughs> I have a much better understanding <laughs> about what to do yes. when I'm in mean contention. Because right. you know what's working. I've experienced. I just yeah. don't get there as often.
0: Every player looks back at their career once or twice and says, you know what, that's the one I want back. Is that the one you want back when you look back at it? At, no. Uh, at uh, you know, Muirfield, as I said, I went with
2: driver down the last. Mm-hmm. I was playing with Stuart Appleby that day. He went with an iron he laid up off the tee, hit an iron to the front of the green and hold the long putt to get into the playoff. Mm-hmm. I went with driver, hit it in the bunker, made five and missed the playoff. Wing foot, three pars. Uh, I had a great chance at Olympic Club in 2012. Yep. I, 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 I had to make a birdie down the last for a playoff. In that week, I had a, a four putt. At least one four putt, a couple of three puts. I, I I had the, the heebie-jeebies at that stage and I nearly won it like... I was that close, and I think I had. Oh, I was leading the Open in 2015. That was disappointing, actually. Zach? I, I leading the Open, and I lose a golf ball. How does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> How's the guy hit with that hit three golf, golf balls lose one? a ball? Yeah, well, at the sixth hole, I'm trying to drive it down the right yeah. side of six to hit the green. It's downwind. It's like it's 400 yards, but it's running. So I'm trying to and I hit it in the gorse. And we're down there, and we're all searching in the gorse. And of course, the whole world, I'm leading and yet the whole world who's watching it is telling me you're looking in the wrong place it's right at the edge of the gorse over there and of course now i would turn on my phone and take the illegal the not the illegal fine the, take, it, it's a th- penalty it's no penalty under the golf rules to take out your phone and have somebody text you where your golf ball is but it's, it would be a penalty <laughs> under the rules of the tour for you to take your phone out and but you could <laughs> you but take because, the fine so what yeah it's quite okay for the like, I was leading, and you'd normally see when the leader, they go to the TV and say, well, you know, hey, David, where's, the, where's that gone? And, and they right. say, you're looking in the wrong place, move and over walk there. Over. Yeah. And it literally was within two club lengths of me getting out, and, you know, instead of having to go, you know. I, I, look, this happens in golf. Yeah, People think that this game has got order to it. It's completely, <laughs> it's managing chaos. is how you, If you want to be a good golfer, if you're 14 years of age and you want to be a good golfer, it's unlikely you're going to make it as a pro if you hit all the fairways and all the greens at 14 years of age. True that. If you're a good player at 14 and there's a little bit of chaos in your game, <laughs> the likelihood is you'll have to hustle to be a pro.
0: How did you get through the chaos? How did you learn to manage the chaos? I, I learned as a kid gambling. Really? I, am I
1: allowed to say that? Yeah, yes. sure. Are you kidding you me? Can say
2: we're, look, we're yeah. allowed to say whatever we want. Yeah. yeah. like I, I, Okay, as a young kid, I'm gambling for a golf ball. I'm gambling for a Coke. I'm gambling for a plate of chips. And then, as they get a little older, I'm hustling with with a group, and I'm hustling with my brothers. There's always something on the line. That's that's what we see. If you do, if you practice and there's so, not something on the line, it's unlikely you're going to be any good. And that's why you'd have different pros winning if we were playing for if we had to put our own skin in the game. Like if we had to turn up with our per, with our pride, you know, money. If we had to throw cash down we, on the table you'd and have, go play, you'd have a different selection of pros winning. Ain't
1: that the truth, yeah. though? Wow.
2: Yeah, you That's, would. Yeah. And I you know with the Tiger Phil match, that Capital One game, yeah. that was meant to be their own money. And and ultimately, I think if it was, we, we'd have been more – I, and I think both of them would have been up for it. But playing for your own money, like if – I know it would be crass, but if you put your own money in to start it around, and at the end of the round, they they – had a wheelbarrow and brought it out, and this is right, this is your winnings, and, and anything that falls off, that's what the caddy gets, and, you know, well, that's what they should do in Vegas. Well, sure. the, other thing, exactly about, the other thing about
1: doing it that way is if you're putting your money out there and he's putting his money out there, guess what, if you're a hole down, you're going to start yapping
2: to get in his that's, head. That is another thing, and see, what happened, uh, if I go back to my own club when growing up, I'd say there was a bunch of 20 players at the end of the day that mm-hmm. used to play, and even the guy who was off 14 handicap, he was able to hold a four footer at the end of the day. He ended up being a decent putter. Now 14 handicap's normally not great, but he ended up being good because if he couldn't hold that putt, he would lose money every week. You can't negotiate. You can only negotiate yourself to be in position with the last couple of holes, right? Because there's like there's obviously the odd sucker, but most of the guys are no suckers. So they negotiate to get to to the last point. All bets are won and lost on on the 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 first first tee. tee, Yes, the last three holes you're going to be should be tight, and that means you've got to end up holding a four footer, not to lose more money or to win money. And that ends up you're going to be a decent putter. That's, and that's, that's where
0: it comes from. That really is. When you apply your pressure, you get to know who that person is. Yeah, well, if he can't handle it, he just goes away. <laughs> that's the beauty of it. It weeds him out. I um, am lobbying right now because we know
1: Tiger's going to do another match. You're in. I want you and him, but y'all have – and this is the thing. I want video. You go to your bank. He goes to his bank. Like, I don't want no – oh, my guy is going to go pick up some cash. Nah, you go –
2: Get some
0: cash. Fill out the he goes, get some cash. Come
2: can on out there. I, can I put all my money up against all his money?
0: Yeah. 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 I all think take yeah. i
2: take that. i would take it. Okay. All right, all right, all let's would, let's, so head, let's head. Net
0: worth versus net worth. Yeah. That's good for me. And, I, and, right. and if
2: Phil wants to put my – I'll do it as well. I'll, okay. I'll, yeah. All right. I'll yes. even toss him for it, like, my side. <laughs> I'll
1: take that chance. I got to ask you about Ryder Cup, man. We got to yeah. talk about that. What was – when you – I mean, you knew for a little bit that you were going to be the Ryder Cup captain. But what's that feeling like knowing – that a team that you've been a part of for so long and, and I know how much
2: it means to you what's it like now to be the man yeah look it, it was kind of the succession plan that I would be the Ryder Cup captain so it probably wasn't a surprise but I had to consider it it's not something I would take lightly okay you know you look. I've had a great career in golf yep. and you know I've I've three majors have won I've done far exceeded my own expectations but by taking a Ryder Cup captain you're putting your reputation on the line again you know you're back in the limelight yeah you're back in the you're, you're putting your not just back in the limelight you're your putting name. yourself out there yeah right? that's legacy I, now I, I, and there's an issue with the Ryder Cup a winning captain is a good captain and a losing captain is a bad captain <laughs> not, re, not it's got nothing to do with actually is he a good captain or a bad captain right it's if he wins, people will find a reason why he won. Mm-hmm. If he loses, they'll find reasons why he lost. It's it's a it's it's kind of a lose to, lose situation almost for the captain. Well, it's not a lose lose. You could win. You, you could, could be a ter- you could be a terrible captain and win. That's a win win situation. Well, yes, but you also
1: <laughs> know that that's a false narrative.
2: but I, I know that. But I'm just saying that you're putting yourself out there, and you have to consider whether you're, you'll take that responsibility. Mm. Uh, you know, and you have to. Secondly to that you have to consider are you prepared to step back from your own game? Uh, thirdly you have to consider are you prepared to do the work? And you know, there's some nice work involved in it, you know, and then there's some mundane work. You know, I I will try and delegate as much as I can, but you know, there's there's some stuff that's like just time. And right. you know, it's 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 an odd one like that, but but it will be all worth it in the end. Like at the moment, you know, it, it will come like in a year's time, so when it's six months to go, that's when it will start kicking in and getting mm-hmm. exciting. At the moment, it's, it's administration. And who likes administration? No one. Yeah. No one likes administration. You don't seem
1: like the secretary type.
2: I, you know what? I have a strange, well, I don't have a strange person. I have i I've seen a lot of people like this. When I'm interested, I'm 100% on it. When I'm not interested, I am, like, just... <laughs> Miserable. Yeah, I'm just knowing... like I just, I, And hopefully I can... That's why you have a management company. That's why we're here with IMG Endeavor. Yeah. They're meant to look after the stuff that you're not interested in. Leaving you time. Like, literally, I could turn around. I could spend 12 hours on the golf course every day of the week and wouldn't bore me. Still? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really like the game of golf. And, and that's another thing that came a few years ago. I had to clear up with myself. That... You know, I was—I got an injury, I had a disc replaced in my neck mm. and I did some commentary and, you know, it was fun doing the commentary. You could, As you can see, I like talking. <laughs> uh, and, you know, people said to me, oh, you know, are you going to consider that and do it as a career? And, and I like doing it. But then I sat back and thought about it. And I said, Actually, I like playing golf more. Yeah. Mm. I can still play. I can still be competitive. I believe I can win. I believe I will win. Uh, but, you know. It's just one of those things. Why not do what you're good at rather than
0: try and learn to be good at something else? So put the analyst hat back on for a minute, the commentary. And I want to know why you think the United States is not good in the Ryder Cup. I'm not giving away that. Because he don't want us to fix it. No, yeah. well, okay, treetops. You don't have to get no, get it. No, I'm into, not going in there. I'm not see? going there whatsoever. Is it a chemistry thing? I'm not going there. Is it a chemistry thing I of am, why you guys are good? I am not going there. Allow me that one. I are you guys going good because you there. get along? No, no,
2: I am not giving any reasons why we're good, they're bad. I don't believe it's, it's as big as that. Is. I really don't think. I think, again, the media wants it to be they're good, they're bad. at Yeah. I don't think there's a huge difference. Uh, but any differences I do see, you know, I keep them to myself if there is.
1: If there, look, look at that, look at yeah. <laughs> that, look. That's what I me. Mean. We can't see that. Alright, two things before we let you go real quick. Number one, if golf was never invented, what you doing for a job? I trained as
2: an accountant. I passed all my exams. Night really? School. Yeah. I sure, I only turned pro when I was 24. So. I was still in night school at 23 years of age doing exams.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Crazy, isn't it? And he's the one that just suggested gambling is a fixed everything. I and I was a number guy. That's what I'm saying. Now I'm not going to lie. If yeah. I walked
1: into an accounting firm and
2: sat down and you were sitting across from me, I'd be like, um, you know what? I had no intention of being an accountant. <laughs> it, it was a general business degree I was doing. Okay, I, 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 if I hadn't known, I would have become a player manager. I thought I was going to end up managing a golf course or something like that. That's sure. what I was training uh-huh. for. I wanted, I was a good amateur, but I didn't think I was good enough to be a pro i wanted to be involved in the golf industry so but uh, you know back in the 80s you did i yeah i was naive i didn't know what existed out there I mean, <laughs> like i would have loved to be a player manager thankfully i didn't know that well yeah. that's that's
1: a perfect lead into the last thing i want to ask you off the golf course what was the hardest thing to get used to coming over here to the united states what was the one thing that even made you every time you looked around going i don't i don't understand okay. i don't get it okay
2: very very simple the biggest alienation for a non-American is college sport we have no idea what is going on why why the passion like, oh, like it's amazing the amount of guys that live and die by their college team and they flunked out of college <laughs> They didn't finish. <laughs> uh, and like, it's, it's everything to the, you ask somebody where they, where, where they're from. Yeah. And they'll tell you where they went to college. Absolutely. That's where their life starts. That's it. It's, it's phenomenal, the college. And, and if you haven't had that, which uh, clearly I don't have an affinity, you know, maybe not today because they're, they're Irish. Sure. You, if you struggle, struggle to follow it. It's much easier to follow profession. I followed the, you know, I follow the, the hockey. I followed not, Huge into the basketball and I follow the football over here. No problem. I can talk to the lads about. It. I can ask questions. College. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just don't. I'll get it. Yeah. All you need <laughs> to know is Alabama. Uh, yeah, no, oh, Alabama. Yeah. Look, I work for Robert Tella. He yeah. works with several of, of the basketball. The Robert Tella game yeah, is yeah, not, golf. Yeah, is not a game of perfect. perfect. So I, I, I basically feed off him. Who you working with? What are they doing? And then I can follow it that way. But to have a conversation with other players, you are on the outside when it comes to college sport. You know, one of us up here on this panel... Has a tattoo that's from his not college because he's not so true. into it. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> and you know this. And, and you know what? I didn't go to college.
0: <laughs> I, and you know what? I don't want to see it. Yeah, <laughs> no one does. <knows. laughs> hey, we know you got to get to dinner. We Bro. appreciate your time tonight. Thank you so much. Let me round of applause. Patrick us, Harrington hanging out. That was awesome. That was good stuff. Congratulations on everything you've accomplished. Good luck in the Ryder Cup. And then maybe after, kind of good Afterwards, <laughs> you'll give us the sheet. No, no, thank you guys. Kind of good luck in the Ryder Cup. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. Fun
2: hey, look, we can have a great match.
0: That's it. That's what let's
2: it's all about. And I think that's the great thing with having Steve Stricker there. The two of us, I think we're similar in personalities. We're going to play fair and want to really have a tough match. And ultimately, I'd say the two of us lo- would love to see it come down to the last hole, last
0: match. Mm. And if not, I say we get a Patty Stricker match to end it. Ooh. Mm. Oh, for money? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Your own. Yeah. Whatever you. happens, we're going to end up in a team room drinking. So That's it doesn't it. matter. Yeah. That's what I matters. tell you
2: what, i got to say, you know, I, I don't know how much of my own money i will be putting down against get <laughs> That's a putter. That's a putter
1: yeah, right there. Talking yeah, talking of. Go get something to eat, Yeah, man. appreciate it. Thank enjoy you.
0: The, enjoy the week. Enjoy the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we were talking about, he had mentioned he had the, 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 the collegiate thing here in the United States. Ironically enough. But ironically enough, Braden Thornberry, who's coming up right now, who had won the national championship 2017 at Ole Miss. Just turned pro. 2017 Walker Cup. Walker Cup. One of the bright young golfers in the sport. Give it up for Braden Thorberry, everybody, joining us tonight. Who also had closest to the pin. He is it, did. Is well, the record still there?
1: It's still there. It's still, still there. It? I think he's gonna break it soon. Uh oh, yeah, somebody's going in there to try and, to try and rock it.
0: Alright, so we were talking before we came out here. You've, you've played Augusta National before. Mm-hmm but you've never been to the Masters.
3: Nope, so it's so probably the opposite of most people.
0: So let's start with the first part of that. What was your impression of the course the first time you played it?
3: Probably how hard it was because, you know, the time of year that we played it, we played it in February, and it was, you know, pretty cold. It was probably, you know, 45 to 50 degrees, and the fairways were just plugging. So, uh, <laughs> you know, some of the holes, those guys usually have, you know, eight irons and I was hitting like three irons, so it played really tough. All right, so now your impression of your first trip to the Masters first trip to the Masters. A lot different, you know, before it was, you know, kind of there was really nobody there. We just went out there in the morning. It was basically just us on the course. And then today, I didn't even really get to see the course because there's thousands and thousands <laughs> of people. So, uh, you know, a lot different, but uh, hopefully I'll be playing this time of year next time I play here. What was the feeling
1: the first time that you knew that you were going to get to play? What was that feeling kind of walking
3: through just a little bit? I think I think the coolest part is probably seeing, you know, Magnolia Lane because that's when you know, you know you're there down. yeah because because it's weird you know you expect it to be you know augusta back in you know a gated community and all that kind of stuff and it's really not you know it's just right there on the main road yeah, it's and washington road yeah, yeah. you can see you can Magno. drive by it real easy. you can see magnolia lane from the road that right. you can just drive by anytime so that was probably the you know the craziest part to me but you know once you turn down that road and they do down those uh those barricade things that's it's pretty cool and you know once you get in there it's, it's really exciting
0: when you walk in there because i know that we're all used to seeing it on tv and you've played the course you understood what it looked like in person but master's week when you see it master's week how does the expectation meet the realization when you walk in there
3: it pretty much meets it i don't think you would say it you know it's above or below because you you picture it as perfect and it is perfect so (laughs) there's really no way for it to blow you out of the water more than you know it already does Mm -hmm. Uh, but like everyone said that you know i've heard on tv talk about it it's It's the elevation change that's That's the craziest thing. Like the, the hole that I, you know, think about when I say that is number 10. I always thought it was, you know, maybe down 10 or 15 yards and you know, it went down to the left. But you know, the first time you stand there, it's probably down 40 yards. Like it's, it's a, you know, a big drop and you don't, you just can't tell that on TV and you know, holes like, you know, like 18 that just doesn't look that crazy. It's, it's straight up. Even one. Yeah. Number one just drops straight down and then right back up and on TV it looks pretty much flat. Mm -hmm. So. That was definitely the the biggest thing that I didn't realize, you know, even after I'd heard that, when, you know, people said that, I, you still don't believe it fully. What I want to know
1: now that you've been out to the Masters as a spectator and having played Augusta National Golf Club, but not with the spectacle mm-hmm. of the Masters, how hungry does this make you when you see it to go I got to get a locker in this place at some point.
3: Yeah, it's, it's really cool. It was, it's so much different. You really can't even explain how different it is looking at, you know, when you play number 18, how different it is without people. Cause there's, there's oh, no rough. Point. There's no rough around that. Yeah. No, there's no, there's no anything like framing that hole. You're just in the middle of the fairway and you could be aiming at nine green for all you know. Right. Cause it's just two greens sitting there. So that's, that's the weirdest part is, you know, without people, nothing frames the golf course. So, uh, that was, you know, kind of a crazy part. And, you know, I'd much rather play it with people next time. And I've always, you know, kind of thrived and enjoyed playing in front of a bunch of people. So hopefully, hopefully I'll be here next year. What's been the biggest challenge for you since turning pro? Probably not knowing my schedule, because, you know, in college, I've said this before, it's, you know, here's your 12 events. This is what you're playing, no matter what, whether you play good, whether you play bad, this is your 12 events that you're playing. In the summer, you can kind of figure your own schedule out a little bit. But uh, you know, right now it's, you know, a tournament director might be like, all right, you're in this week and that might be on a Monday Yeah, and you have to figure out how to get there, how to, you know, everything. Are you prepared? Like that's, that's yeah, how the do tough you do your
1: practice? When they call and say you're in.
3: Yeah. Like, that's been the tough thing for me is you have to fully, you may not play for a month, but every day you have to fully prepare. Like, you know, you're getting in the next week. So it's, it's tricky and you know, it's kind of time consuming, not knowing, uh where you're going to be and how you're going to get there. And, you know, are you going to be playing on the PGA Tour, on the web, on the Latin America? It can be anywhere. So right. uh, I just try to stay as sharp as I can and wait for the call whenever it comes.
1: You had a great tournament in 2017 at a PGA Tour event, mm-hmm. FedEx, in Memphis. Yep. What was that like the first time that – when? what's it like to see your name on a leaderboard on a PGA Tour? Because we all – I mean – you're a player, as, as a guy who caddied on the PJ Tour for a while, I dream of having that feeling mm-hmm. with a player. What's it like for a player the first time you see that and like, <sighs> my name, there you go, right uh, there.
3: All right, so it's, it's actually really interesting how that week happened. So I, you know, in the first round, I struggled a little bit. I was really nervous. I was, you know, I was... I guess I was maybe 19 years old playing in the, you know, as an amateur in my local tour event, so it's, I was just very nervous. And
1: Were you expecting the nerves to be where they were, or was it like, whew, that's a lot more butterflies than I thought?
3: Yes, but the next year I played that tournament, I had more butterflies, but I guess we can, we can talk about that later. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, it was an interesting week because, you know, I played not that great the first day. I think I shot maybe one over, which it wasn't bad, but I was, you know, kind of in danger of missing the cut. And, you know, you don't want to miss the cut in your hometown because a lot of people were coming to watch you on the (laughs) weekend and stuff like that. But and then, you know, I played a little better the next day. I shot one under, made the cut either on the number or by one. So I was never on the leaderboard. I was never thinking about the leaderboard. That's kind of the thing. You know, a lot of people said, like, how do you handle those nerves? I was I was not really ever in contention. And then, you know, I shot two better on Saturday So I shot one over, one under, three under. So I'm kind of getting it going and I'm, I have a decent tournament. And all of a sudden I go out there and shoot five under on Sunday. Sunday. i you know, I get five under through 16, look up and I'm tied for the lead. Mm. I'm like, all right. I didn't, you know, didn't expect that to happen. So uh, (laughs) take that breath. I like the fact that you said when you looked up, you were like, Oh, all right. (laughs) So yeah. So, uh, you know, I was five under and I was tied for the lead with, I think Daniel Berger at the time. And I was like, wow, like, you know, if I, and you know big props to kip henley who was caddying for me that week he didn't let me think about you know trying to make pars on 17 18 he was like all right i think if we birdie 17 18 we have a good chance so he kept my mind and in, in go mode yeah in go mode and not, in yeah not you know don't play backing defense. out so yeah. uh i ended up par those two holes which is good on those two holes They're yep. tough holes. been uh you know posted eight and then i got in and uh Schwartzl posted nine about 30 minutes after me so that kind of that ruined the dream of you know winning that wasn't AM, but it, it was awesome and uh but like you said, I didn't really deal with nerves other than, you know, just a couple of holes because I looked up there for the first time on, you know, maybe fourteen and I was on the leaderboard. It wasn't, you know, starting Sunday, so uh it was, you didn't it, have
1: to deal with them for the
3: whole day. Yeah, it was it was a really cool experience though and you know, a lot of you know memories that me and you know my friends that were out there supporting me that we won't forget for sure.
0: Let's talk about Ole Miss. I'm a big fan of Oxford. It's awesome. How much did you pay a visit to the Grove on a college football Saturday.
3: Uh it depends on when we were in town. Yeah. That's that's the thing, you know, a lot of people don't think about. We were probably, you know, say we had six home games, we probably were able to go to two or three. Okay. And, and, you know, Coach Malloy, he was always, you know, thinking of that when he made our schedule to try to keep us at home as many games as Because really? you know, there was some teams that, that were traveling every time that they played a home game and you know, that kind of ruined your college experience a little bit. Sure. You know, even though you're a student athlete, you, you still want to enjoy college a little bit. And uh, but yeah, probably you know maybe three. I was lucky enough to be there when we beat Alabama for the That's first right. time, and that was actually when I was a senior in high school. So oh yeah, so it was. I've been there for some of the good ones. So the golfers
0: can party, right? Oh yeah. So you guys can party more than most athletes.
3: I don't know about that necessarily. Because the
0: the ba- basketball, football, I mean, they they might party after a game, but in terms of like guys that are in season, that can that can you know,
3: I would say they'll all grow. The tough thing for us is that we're full year you know football basketball they have their you know three months or something like that and then they have their whole off season you know they're practicing and you know doing conditioning all that kind of stuff but uh you know they have it basically off to kind of you know do whatever they want if they want to go out five nights a week they Mm -hmm. can really do it but um you know from us two weeks into school you know we're starting our first event and then we play all the way till school ends wow so and you know that's practice and working out and doing all that stuff you know every week so that makes partying uh, harder it does make. I don't, think most people, I,
0: I don't think most people realize that. No. Yeah,
3: I, I never, I really never was a partier. You know, I'd maybe once a semester, really do something fun or something, but uh, you really didn't have time to. If you wanted to be sharp for, you know, workouts and practice that day, and you know, you had a tournament in five days from now, you just, you really never had time, or you would, you know, be playing catch up. When did you realize, like making
1: the Walker Cup team and stuff like that? You got to know at some point in your college career. You go yeah, you know what, I'm acti- I'm going to do this for a job. Because, you know, I'm sure you had teammates that at some point during their college career looked around and was like, all right, like Roger Harrington said, I'm going to go ahead and be an accountant. Yeah, <laughs> Like, I know I'm not going to be a pro golfer. When did you start to think to yourself, holy,
3: I'm, I'm going to do this, like, for real, for real? That's another tough one. It, similar to kind of, you know, how I described the, the St. Jude my first year, it never was like a, a clear cut. It was kind of, you know... I'm going to go to college. I'm, you know, a good recruit, but I'm going to just try to get better and see where that puts me. Freshman year played okay, struggled a little bit. My freshman year just beginning adjusting to college, having to do my own laundry, all that all that kind my of stuff life. that nobody thinks about that right. you know is a big factor and uh, I
1: think these drawers is on day 3. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I can walk in these in knees,
3: but uh <laughs> Yeah, I forgot. I don't know. I forgot what you we were talking about. No, what, what you were saying about becoming
1: becoming a pro and and realizing in in the journey through college when this was going to become your job.
3: Yeah, so sophomore year was when you know I started to play really well. So about three, I won three times that fall out of five events. So I was like, okay, I'm and I won the two my freshman year. I won the two at the end of the year. So I was like, all right, I'm you know getting pretty hot, but uh still, you know maybe. You don't want to think it's a fluke when it's yourself, but you're still maybe like, you know, maybe I'm just having, you know, a great stretch here. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I was, you know, definitely thinking of it then, but not super serious. And then, you know, then I went, you know, I won the NCAA championship. Then I won, uh, or I went, you know, T4 at the St. Jude and then yep. won the Sunny Hannah three weeks in a row. And I was like, okay, my my name's <laughs> out there a little bit now. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were wondering why I didn't turn pro, you know, right in that stretch. And I was basically... My answer to that was, you know, I'm not ready at all in any way. I don't, I don't know anything about agents. I don't know anything about club companies. I don't, I'm not ready to travel travel on my own. I'm not ready to do life by myself. Like I need, I still need somebody to, you know, tell me what I'm supposed to do. And, uh, so that was, it wasn't necessarily my golf game why I didn't think I was ready. It was just that I didn't think that as a person I was at all ready to, you know, make that jump at that time. And where do you
0: think you stand now in terms of the readiness of what it's going to take to compete at a pro level?
3: Well, like I said, I don't know if it was ever the game necessarily. Sure. I think that, you know, I've gotten, other stuff. Yeah, I've gotten better since sophomore year, but uh, a lot more, once that happened, that was, to answer your question, that's kind of the moment that I knew that this is going to be my job or I wanted it to be my job. Yep. So that was the moment that I was like, okay, I got to get, you know, my stuff together. Yep. I have to be ready when that time comes whether that's you know after three years or after four and um so that's kind of when i really started taking practice seriously when i started taking just golf in general as you know this is going to be my job and i don't need to you know just do it as you know fun anymore it's it still is fun it's to a me. job now yeah but i need to you know take it seriously i need to take workouts seriously you know not to say i was going through the motions before but you know when i was working out i had a purpose you know i was like you know i'm trying to get my body ready to compete against dustin johnson and you know those guys so uh, you know not against you know guys that you know just random colleges anymore so uh, that was the biggest factor for sure and I think that um, I just really got it going from there and you know just had my mindset right and you know now I think I'm you know ready for this and or as ready as I can be turning pro yeah. you're never going to know what necessarily to expect but I'm as ready as I can be right now and I'm you know still open to learning with you know my agent and all the people I run into and trying to constantly sure. learn from them and uh, just see what the next step I need to do to become, you know, a better and better golfer. Is there a pro in the PGA Tour now that you kind of lean on or can call and say, hey, man, I'm kind of going through this? There's a lot. Uh I probably lean on my agent, Chris Mohopp, more for for that kind of stuff because he, well, one, he knows all the players. He has players. But, uh, like, through the process of turning pro, there was a couple guys, like, you know, Ollie Schneiderjans, Maverick yeah. yeah. Neely. Friend of the podcast yeah. as well. Yeah, so there was – Guys that I thought, I kind of, you know, thought about who I wanted to talk to about that kind of stuff. Guys that were, you know, just number one amateurs. They just had the decision of turning pro or staying. All the, they had all the exact same issues and good stuff that I had. So I was like, you know, why not talk to these guys and see what was going on with, in their head. So, um, you know, I did that and, you know, kind of came to my conclusion.
0: I'll get you out of here on this one. Give me a master's bucket list
3: for your career. What do you mean by that?
0: Let's go today, like this week, like just for this week, your first Masters appearance. Give me a bucket list for the rest of this week for you, and then give me in terms of what you want to do in your career of all the major championships, put your bucket list there.
3: So I think I would – the Masters is the one that I would want to win the most. I think that's you know a pretty common answer. Um, but, yeah, I think that, you know, first off, you have to get here. So that's kind sure. of – it's tough to make goals – for certain years or for, for certain parts of my career, when I don't know where I'm going to be, yep. So I probably would focus more on you know the process. I know people say that all the time, and it sounds sounds dumb, but you know, you focus see how on we're the
1: Sixers. Sure. There's merit oh, yeah, to the it. process, the right? The Process. That's yeah, the man. Joel Embiid.
3: It's but uh, yeah, so I mean, I think my ultimate goal would be to be a major champion. The Masters would be my favorite one, but I'm not super concerned with that right now. Whether that's in two years, whether that's in. You know, 15 years, I'm not really too concerned. Just try to do the right things and, you know, let my golf game get me there. This is
0: legitimate, the last one. Will you settle a debate for us? A go master's ahead. debate. Hold
1: up. up. Before you ask him that, have you been in a merchandise tent yet?
3: I have not been in a merchandise okay. tent. Okay, yeah. so
1: when you go to merchandise tent, don't feel bad. The average is 1200 for the first time.
0: Okay. So, so 1200.
1: Just, so if you're around 1200, you're good. Cool. Yeah. You're good to go.
0: Put it on orange You're good to go. So, <laughs> see, got his attention. All right, so Caddy and I have a debate. Masters sandwiches. Egg salad versus
3: pimento cheese.
0: That's, are you a uh, fan I'm, of
3: pimento? I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of either. That, uh, I know that doesn't okay. help your debate at all, but. No. And I've never had either from Augusta. Oh, we got to get that fixed. We'll so, get look, that fixed tomorrow.
0: Pimento, you ain't missing nothing. You are. You're missing the caviar of the nah. South.
3: I don't know. I, I want to try both, and then I'm going to call you guys and let you done. know which one. So that's what I need to done. do. Done. We'll get that done tomorrow. That's cool. Okay. Perfect. Hey, yeah.
0: thanks for uh, joining us tonight. It's been great. Yeah, Have good, good luck, man. We, we we can't wait to see awesome. your I know. career Have fun grow, this week, man. We yeah. love. Yeah.
1: I've been seeing it. you out on tour a lot. We, we love, love seeing it. A Hopefully soon. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, tonight. guys.
0: Thorberry, he uh, gracious enough to spend some time with us. Young, up and coming golfer, IMG client. And, uh, making his first appearance, uh, here at the Masters Tournament. So, we do want to thank Jim Ornstein, we want to thank Keeley, we want to thank those of you at the IMG House, uh, for putting this together for us. Uh, yes, you, you had something.
1: I was just gonna say thank, yeah, thanks for having us here. Yeah. This was kinda of special that this is
0: our first one. This... Do you wanna, uh, pick, do you wanna redo your pick? Before we get out of here? Do I, my Masters winner? Yes.
1: Why would I redo my masters
0: with Look, don't get so sensitive. I'm, do you I'm not sensitive? Look at you. You wanna show your tattoo? No. No. <laughs> no, that has nothing to do with golf. I'm just I'm not saying. For the caddy. Michael Cobb. I'm the Maddie. Thank you for listening to this special live kind of edition on tape of Maddie and the Caddy, live the Masters at IMG. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.